Bless the Lord and bless His holy name. Welcome to Shear Jeshub, brought to you by the Church of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My name is Patty Scalzo, and I hope you will join us as my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, continues the fascinating Bible study on heavenly authority. We are currently in the book of Judges, and Pastor has been examining how the people abused the freedom God had given them at this point of time in their history. Rather than being concerned for the one central place of worship, as Moses had instructed, they used their liberty as a license for perversion. Last time, Pastor Greg traced the history of the tabernacle from Shiloh in Ephraim at the time of the judges to the permanent temple that would be established later on in Jerusalem of Judah in the time of Solomon. So let's pick up the Sunday sermon where we left off. And he settles on Judah and he settles on Jerusalem as the permanent site for his dwelling place. But they were not, at the time of Judges, which we are looking at, they were not so concerned for this one place, for this one center of worship, for this symbol of authority. Not only that, but over and over we'll read, and we have read, that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served the false gods. For that matter, there would not have been all the problems and the sufferings if they obeyed God's word, nor would there then be the need to raise up these saviors, these deliverers, these judges. You still would have needed judges for the judicial matters, for small governmental matters, but the main impact of delivering would not have been needed had the people obeyed God. They would hand themselves over to the enemies by their disobedience to God. When they would follow a foreign people's gods, disobeying Deuteronomy chapter 12, they would fall into the hands of that people, and then God would have to raise up a deliverer. In their freedom, everyone did what was right in his or her own eyes. So because of their hard-heartedness and their rebellious nature, given a lack, if you will, of strong-handed authority in the book of Judges, that they have this freedom, it leads then to a perversion of authority. So their freedom, absent of holiness, becomes a stumbling block to them. And we'll see this clearly as we study in the book of Judges the account of Micah in Judges chapter 17. And the study is not just historical in value. It addresses the hyper-liberty attitude that's in some of our society today that basically says that anyone can do anything they please. More than that, not only can you do whatever you want, whatever you please, whatever feels right to you, but no one should say that it's wrong. If you say some type of activity is wrong, you become wrong because everyone should just do what's right in their own eyes. It sounds like modern society today. And at the time of the book of Judges, in their freedom, the perversion that they follow is similar to some of the perverse attitudes we have in American society today. Whatever you think is right is okay. I'm okay. You're okay. Do it your way. Do what you feel. All belief systems are equal. There are many ways to God. 
There are many types of worship. Every type of worship is okay. Even satanic worship is okay. Even witchcraft is okay. Let people do what they want to do. All activities, all lifestyles are okay. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing right. There's nothing wrong. Everyone should be free to do what they want. That attitude that's in American society in some parts was also there at the time of judges because of the hyper-liberty, the hyper-freedom, which denies responsibility, which denies discipline, which denies truth, and usually ends up with people, what? They're so free, they're so free to do what they want to do that they become slaves. They become in bondage to so many, many different things. If we were to say alcoholism is wrong, most people tend to agree with us today. There was a time when only the holy rollers were considered against alcohol and they were looked down upon by parts of society. There was a time that only the holy rollers were against smoking cigarettes. Now everyone's against cigarettes, but back then they were looked at as too restrictive. Well, we know today that if a person says, leave me alone, I want to drink as much as I can drink, that's my freedom. Don't tell me what's right. Don't tell me what's wrong. Who are you to tell me I'm free to do whatever is right in my own eyes? That ultimately that person will become a slave to alcohol. And it's the same for drugs. And it's the same for all the things that replace the Lord God. They're idolatry. It's the same for sex. Our country today is becoming in bondage to sex. And if you speak out against it, you're an old fuddy-duddy, you're archaic, everything is free, everything is loose. But people don't realize it. It's not as clear to them as the bondage to alcohol and drugs and cigarettes. But in some ways, it's a more devious bondage. And people fall into slavery to it. If we abuse freedom we become slaves to so many, many different things. Freedom can only be for a free and moral people, a people who make themselves subservient, who are broken and contrite before God. It also, the study also impacts the study on the church as we go into the New Testament and we examine the church uh, and discuss authority structure in the church versus independence in the church and there's a tension between the two as we come into the new testament so there's a lot of value to seeing uh this time period in the book of judges let's read about micah uh judges chapter 17 verse 1 now there was a man from the mountains of ephraim so he's from the tribe of ephraim whose name was micah and he said to his mother the 1,100 shekels of silver, that's 28 pounds of silver, that were taken from you and on which you put a curse, even saying it in my ears. The other one, the money that was stolen from you, the money that I heard you with my own ears saying that you placed a curse on the person who took it. Well, here is the silver with me. I took it. And his mother said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my son. So, First, we learn about Micah in this time of great apostasy, in this time of the book of Judges where everyone's going off on their own tangents. 
that he steals from his own mother. And then when he gets afraid of the courage she places on the person who stole the money, he comes back and says, well, I did it, Mom. And she says, oh, Yahweh bless you. So they speak about Yahweh. The Lord bless you, my son. Verse 3. So when he had returned the 1,100 shekels of silver to his mother, his mother said, I had wholly dedicated the silver from my hand to the Lord Yahweh for my son. I've given this, I've dedicated to Yahweh for my son to make a carved image and a mold and a graven image. Now, therefore, I will return it to you. Thus, he returned the silver to his mother. Then his mother took 200 shekels of the silver and gave them to the silversmith, and he made it into a carved image and a molded image, and they were in the house of Micah. So Micah and his mama have a lot of problems. They speak about the Lord. They speak about offering to the Lord. But the end result is, the way they do it, is by breaking the law. By doing just what we read in Deuteronomy chapter 12, they should not do. They make a graven image. They make a carved image. They, they give it to the silversmith, and he casts an idol for them. It gets better than that. It's placed in the house of Micah, and it says in verse 5, the man Micah had a shrine. He's got his own little temple going there. And made an ephod, and household idols, and consecrated one of his sons who became his priest. So he's got his own little tabernacle. He's very religious. He's very spiritual, this Micah. He likes the things of religion. There's a lot of modern people like this. They'll speak about Christianity. They'll study the scriptures. They'll like blessings from the Lord. They'll like to attend some church services. But at the same time, they're mixing it up with everything else. He knows there's supposed to be a tabernacle, so forget the one of Shiloh. He makes his own. He's got his own shrines. He, You know the high priest has an ephod at the tabernacle? Makes his own ephod. He has household idols, the teraphims. Besides the graven image they make, he's got other little idols probably to other gods. He makes one graven image for Yahweh, and he makes other little idols to other gods. And then, well, we're supposed to have a priest. They have one over Shiloh. He takes his son, and he makes his son his own priest. Now, only a descendant of Aaron could be a priest at the true tabernacle, right? But this is a false way of worship. It's a mixed-up way of worship. It's totally against the law of Moses. But it has elements of the law of Moses. A little of this, a little of that. We blend it together, and they're off on all these tangents. Taking a little of the things of Yahweh and mixing it up with the things of the peoples around them. And in their freedom, they've gone off in every direction. In those days, verse 6. Verse 6, what does it say? In those days, there was no king in Israel. There's no center governmental structure. There's no king. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. There's no king in Israel, verse 6, and everyone does what's right in his own eyes. You know later on we'll read how the people 
want and demand the king for security purposes. And God will use this desire of theirs for a king to unite the faith under Saul and ultimately under David, which we spoke about. But just because God doesn't require nor want a king initially doesn't mean everyone should do their own thing. Rather, God should be king, and we shouldn't trample on, we should not mock the liberty that God gives to us. The most perfect way is by the Spirit, all led, all united by the Spirit and holiness. The Lord of Moses forbids what Micah's doing here. And you notice how Micah and his mama, they have a little faith in Yahweh, they speak about Yahweh, but it's not authentic faith. It's not true faith. It's perverse. And this is free religion. A little of this, a little of that, and a lot of modern religion, a lot of modern Christianity is very much like this. The Fellowship of Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut, is dedicated to sending forth the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ and witnessing his salvation message to a generation at risk. And it would be encouraging to hear from our listeners. All correspondence should be mailed to Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Also, let me invite you to our Sunday service. Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets at 10 a.m. at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take exit 61 off I-95. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.